0: I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. All right, good people, good people. Happy Thursday. Y'all know it's the best day of the week. I tell you this all the time because I want you to remember that that is the case. I have the pleasure of having this really dope, dope, dope gentleman with us today. I'm going to let him do the introduction of, of who he is. And once he does, you'll see what exactly what I mean because I was like, wait a minute. He exists. So um, <laughs> go ahead, Jamie Jenkins. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. So, so happy. So excited to be with you all this morning.
0: So, so glad to have you. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, like I was like, Jamie, y- your name has a ring to it, too. When I first heard uh-huh. like, this kind of ring to it, Jamie Jenkins, <laughs> you know what it is. Jamie, please tell us about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? And, you know, definitely got to tell us where you're from. <laughs> all okay. that good stuff.
1: Good deal. Okay, my name is Jamie Jenkins. I'm from a small, small town called Hazelhurst, Mississippi, here in Jackson, Mississippi. Been here for a while, quite a while, maybe 15 years. And I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a regular man that's uh, getting older in his life and, you know, still trying to play basketball and stuff like that. Recent divorcee. And uh, this is that's kind of what prompted or started this communication journey. I'm in the automotive industry, been in, in management at, at Nissan North America for about, wow, for about 17 years, and coming up on 18 years with that company. And I am here to talk about a tool that I have for my community. So tell
0: us a little bit, you know, more about your too, though. You, somebody, um, HBCU grad or something else,
1: ain't you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> graduated from Alcorn State University. That's God's...
0: <laughs> it is.
1: Alcorn <laughs> State University. Out there from 97 to 02, political science, pre-law graduate, and just all around, I'm one of those people that I try to make the best of every situation, try to make the best out of every opportunity, every meeting, every network marketing opportunity. Uh try to step up and encourage people and put people in the right mind frame, or at least expand their mind frame on, you know, what they are and what they are becoming.
0: I love that. I love that. So even with that, you know, you are here for many reasons, but there's something that you're up to. Mm-hmm. Hello, Black Man. Hello. <laughs> tell us about, hello, Black Man. T- <laughs> tell us about that, because that's very, it's very catching. Because it's like, what is, what does that mean? Hello, Hello, Black Man. What do you mean, hello?
1: Well, this is the thing. I wanted something. I'll tell you how, I guess, how it started. My son had been uh, living with his mom the last couple of years, and he wanted to come stay with me. And so once he got here, we quickly figured out, that our language was very different. Hmm. He's, you know, he's a young teenager. I'm 41 years old. I was, you know, my mom and dad have a very, I guess, militant approach. (laughs) And I kind of picked up on some of those things. And every child is different. And I think my son needed a different approach to get some things done just from a communication standpoint. And it just wasn't, (laughs) it just wasn't there at first. I said, well, maybe this is an opportunity for me and him to get to know each other to, you know, get to know each other, not just clean your room, not just you hadn't taken a bath, not just dad take me here, I need money, because that's what kind of happens a lot over and over. And there's no intrigue in, and in detail questions prompted. So I said, Well, I'm going to start writing down some things I want my son to know about me. Then that way he can read on a bridge and I'll ask him some questions. I like him to write some things down. The difference in writing things down in, at first before having the actual conversation is, you have the opportunity to not be interrupted. There's no interruptions with when you're writing page to page, line to line. There's no one influencing what you're going to write next. And so that kind of prompted. And I thought about it. I said, wow. I said some things that me and my son don't know about each other. And, you know, I don't know about my dad right now. Mm. I, said, this, I said, this would be a great opportunity for me to get to know my dad, who I met later in life well, at, at the age of 15, 16. And uh, I said, it's some things that I never asked my dad. And I really want to know how he feels about it. And my dad's a, a pastor. He's a, a hard worker. He's a brick mason. He's been, you know, laying bricks his entire life. So, you know, and I, I grew up, uh, I grew up, you know, at 15, 16 from now around him, you know, all the time. But we don't have these conversations. We don't have certain certain questions that don't come up because you're talking about work talking about money, talking about football, talking about, you know, moving around, doing certain things, but how people really feel about some things may never come up. And so when I first really thought about it, I was literally nervous about the impact something like this could have on our entire community, you know, nationwide, worldwide. I said, wow, I said, this could be something big. And so I wanted the name to be something that would be very inviting. And so we speak to each other in in, in a, a lot of different ways. What's up? Hey, how you doing? I said, but when people say hello, it seems to really drop your guard. It, it really seems friendly and natural and inviting for someone to say hello. It's like they've taken out a little extra comfort, a little extra niceness to not just say hey or hi. The hello just really... It feels warm. It feels like a good place. And the second part is to speak directly to, directly to your soul. And like I said, this really kicked off before, you know, this last uprising and and and, uh, and intervention. This started in, in November of nineteen, and I wanted it to be called exactly who I am, a black man. And so that's how I came up with the, you know, with the with the title, "Hello, Black
0: Man." Mm. You said that there are things that we just don't talk about and I would even say especially black men that y'all don't talk about. What are some of those things that you think you all should be talking about more that we like? Because I agree we just kind of go through emotions and mm-hmm. basic stuff. Right. How to survive how to how to do this, how to do that mm-hmm. but when it comes like, to those deep emotional what was great uncle such and such like or who had mental health issues mm-hmm. you know little things we, we don't who was sick, who who slept with who? Right. We we don't right. talk about those things. So, what are some of the things from your perspective?
1: You know, the normal. I, I think these things need to be normal conversation, but they're not. Your insecurities. So, mm. so, so I'm 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 a 41 a year old male. You know, start losing my hair in my late 20s, but it was a very insecure thing for me because you know, growing up to high school and college, curls, curly, curly hair. You know. And then you get to a point to where you, you, got, you got to do something with it. You got to go ahead and shave it off or, you know, go through some type of procedures. So it's something that I was very insecure about, like very insecure. And I know other men have went through the same thing when other men will be going through the same thing. But it's, it's never a conversation I've had with anyone. I've mm. never openly had a conversation with someone was like, man, hey, listen. You know, I, I had to cut my hair. It was just, it was just time. It was time for me to, you know, wear the bald head. And, and I went through financial struggles. I've literally been, and I know people, everyone has had financial struggles, but I've literally been in grocery store parking lots, hoping to find enough change to buy what I needed to buy. This is, a, this is a, a, as an adult, as a, as a full-time adult, as a father, as a husband, as a, as a provider, And that's not a good feeling. It is not a good feeling to want and need and not have and trying to figure out, you know, your next move. Uh, I've had cars repossessed, homes foreclosed on. So all that, you know, is is, is information that someone needs. Someone needs to know that they can overcome those things. But those conversations are kind of swept under the rug because Mm. I would prefer to talk about my Redskins winning the Super Bowl in the next hundred
0: years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And, you know, you you make a really good point or even, you know, from a cultural perspective, how we are often as Black people conditioned to keep our business to
1: ourselves. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yes.
0: Don't you talk about that? Because what goes on in our house stays in our house. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we sometimes start thinking that things are regular, that just aren't necessarily regular or normal you know that we're dealing with and that becomes how we function
1: we are enabling generational curses Mm. that that is the mind frame that i have on this closed communication from men alcoholics or drug addicts or sex addicts or uh you know anything workaholics all those things make a difference. All those things are going to influence future generations, how I spend my time, what I'm, you know, what I'm influenced by. So all those things, I think, need to be brought to the forefront. Those conversations just need to be had. I asked a young lady recently, just talking about the journals, and she was just so overwhelmed. I asked her who motivated her and what does what does being motivated do to her? And she had an eight-year-old son. And I said, have you ever talked to your son about motivation? She says, I've never. Mm. She loved her son, you know, did everything, bought everything he needed, clothes, let's go here, trips and, you know, all that. And, you know, she felt like, and and I'm not saying she didn't, but they had a great relationship, a wonderful Mm. relationship. But at eight years old, she never asked him about what motivated him. And of course, he needs motivation. And he, you know, he needs to be a motivator and, but she needs to know what motivates him. Like what are those things that make him want to do better as a young black male, as a, you know, as a student, as an athlete, as a son, you know, to help her, help mom out. And as an eight year old son, he had never asked his mom, but it's important to know all those, all those open loops, unanswered questions just need to be answered. I think I think this is a perfect opportunity to sit down and get some of those thoughts out and, and allow each other to communicate openly, transparently.
0: It's really interesting to me because now I'm sitting here thinking about it myself and I'm like, you know what? I don't know some of these things about my mom. And what's really interesting is it's not that I don't care, but again, these just aren't conversations we have like we do with our friends or no. our significant other. Yeah. And I wonder why, you know, in so many ways, is that not normalized? But it would help as a parent to know what motivates me, to know what you know, things to help me be involved in as a kid, or to think about how to help me find a balance, you know, rewarding me for things, knowing my love languages, mm-hmm. even stuff like that. How powerful is it to know a love language? of your parent, but also, you know, the parent of the child, Mm -hmm. so that you all can improve that communication to where if I do something wrong, um, or even, even right for that matter that I know that you love me, you show me love. But then even for me to understand how you show love will let me know that you are sending me the signs that you are proud or that you love me. Cause like I'm words of affirmation. I need to hear it. (laughs) I need to hear it.
1: And some people don't. And and my, my mom, my mom or my dad are not huge. Outward emotional parents—they're mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. not—and I can see it in my daughter. My son is very different. He's more efficient. He's more, you know, open with communication. You know, when he wants to be. But my daughter—I'm I- telling you—when I-, I talk to my daughter, we can just hear each other's voices, say a few words, in two or three minutes. You know, the conversation's kind like, of okay. All right, good talking to you. You know, whatever it may be. But we know—we just know, like. I- call and check on you. just want to hear you voice. I don't want anything. You know, how you doing? Do you need anything? And that means the world to me when she calls with that three-minute conversation. Now, my son will call and hold the phone for 45 minutes. <laughs> 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 it's it, it just kind of who he is. And so for some reason with him, you know, it's different for me. I'm like, what is going on? Like, What do you want? But he just wants the time. And it's different mm. for him. And so people tell you, you know, you know, treat every child the same, they're not the same people. They want different things. They want different things from different, you know, different parents. It's just an opportunity. I think this this journal line is a is a opportunity and a tool to just bring the bring some families closer together and to discover some things inside the families. I have a cousin of mine and he bought the hello black man, the hello black woman, and hello black child. And what they do after dinner, they take about ten or fifteen minutes, no phones, phones down, <laughs> at the table together, and they, you know, make their journal entry or update, you know, whatever the task was for the week. And on Friday, they allow each other to read each other's entire journal, hmm. whatever the question was that week. I said that is absolutely phenomenal. Some people do it just for themselves and that's great because you need to get some stuff off your mind, off your chest just just to know you know the answers and it may take you to a place just to write some things down. But, and it's also an opportunity to share, to share as a family, share as a group, brother to brother, mother to child, grandmother. It's unlimited amount of ways this communication can be, can be transferred.
0: You know, that's really intimate and you know how Sometimes we hear the you should be able to talk to me about anything. Right. And sometimes how we talk to you about anything isn't necessarily with the words that we're saying out loud, but it's with our thoughts that we, you know, like done the journal. And it's still one of those, it's still understood. I still know, but I did in a way that made it comfortable for me. Because here's something that I believe. I believe that whatever works for you, do that. Mm -hmm. People say we need to sit down and talk you face to face and hash this out. Sometimes we just need to write it out mm-hmm. and let you read it. And maybe you need to read it and digest it because in some situations when folks are talking, they need time to process what you're
1: saying. Oh, yes.
0: So if you're in a conversation and you just talking, talking, talking and they talking, 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 they all start good in the circles. You haven't had time to really process it. So that's one thing. Like I love to write, especially when I have a bunch of thoughts in my head and that writing can then translate to me sending it or sharing it and allows the person I'm talking to, even if it is myself to just reflect for a minute and say, you know what? I understand this rather than so quickly in a conversation, trying to give you some feedback, (laughs) you know, because sometimes, you know, we listen to respond. I understand, but that's another conversation. The
1: the feedback is going to happen. That's a, it is an absolute phenomenal point you made because I I use this example, no matter who's your, who's your favorite basketball team. You like sports. You, best, you have a basketball team that you like, a f- baseball I'm going to just go with the
0: Hornets because they're from the home. Okay. Home team. So, so
1: <laughs> you're a Hornets girl. So no matter if I say, hey, who's your favorite team? Oh, I like the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. At some point, I'm going to interject and tell you about my favorite team. It's just what mm-hmm. people do. You will not be able to finish in, 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 in a complete status or complete story about your love for your team because I have to tell you how much I love my team and why my team is this. Yes. That's what people do. You know, they're going to override your story. When you love your team 9 million, I love my team 10 million. Let me tell you about this. And so now you got to turn around and tell me why you love your team 11 million. And I come back with 15. You come back with 30. But that's what people do. They, you know, especially in certain conversations. But if you had the opportunity to write it all out and not worry about me responding, because some people speak based on how they know a person is going to respond. So they're, they're, they they're may talk around certain things because uh, I don't want to say that to Jamie because if I say this thing, he's going to go off. You know, so I'll, yes. I'll, I I kind of go around. Yes. But if you can write it down, there is no interaction right there. And I may be able to say, okay, I see, I, 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 I do do that. I got a problem with it. They're right. You know, but if we're face to face, I may not want to hear. It. I'm, I may not. I may not be feeling it. You know, so it's just an opportunity. Like I said, this is just a this is just a tool. And, I, and it's been very, very forthcoming on uh, on what it could do for our community as a whole.
0: I love that. So I do want to um, dig into something really quickly with you because, you know, the communication part is is really significant, but especially for the black men who are listening, because I know y'all out there and I love you. I appreciate you supporting this black woman. But even men, period, this financial piece, Mm -hmm. what I've learned, you know, just growing up and what I've experienced and throughout my life when it comes to manhood, you know, not that I'm a man, but of course, my understanding of manhood is to be able to protect and provide. Mm And providing is to be in this financial space to where, like you said, you're handling it. And for you to be honest about repossession no, and yes. foreclosure, I was called you gotta have me with that. Hmm. And only because that's not something that people talk about. Mm-mm. So especially not black people. No, no. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like no, that's my business. Like, we're
1: hiding to the end.
0: <laughs> to the very end. So can you tell me about how you were able to bounce back from that? You know, and what would you offer to someone who's listening who may be struggling right now or maybe about to go into one of those dark spaces?
1: Listen, the first thing is cutting unnecessary spending, cutting things that you can live without. It's amazing what you can live without when you don't have money to pay for it. I tell people mm. the same thing. It's amazing what tastes good when you don't have money to buy expensive food. Mm. You know, I still eat noodles. And I know a lot of people don't eat noodles, and you know, so I started eating noodles in college. Now, it's not my main meal, but it will get me through a meal versus spending $25 or $30, you know, chicken and I ain't looking like it needs to be looking right now. You know, this will get me through the night. So it's Mm -hmm. one of those things where cutting, where you can cut costs. And and I don't want anybody to say, well, I have to live, you know, like I'm homeless in order to make it. I, I didn't say that. I didn't say you couldn't enjoy it life and enjoy what needs you know the daily fruitions of, of your of your labor but some people take it too far you know we take it too far mm-hmm. uh, and try to you know stay out of the traps of the of the uh, tower loans or the high interest rate loan places man I, I was dealing with that for years literally years you know taking a loan not to pay another loan and taking another small loan out or they had the internet thing where you can get X amount of money, it's $500, and then you pay back 750 But well, I didn't have the 500 And I definitely won't have the 750 So I'm end up paying back, you know, 2000 on a $500 loan. It happened. Mm. So first, you know, cut those costs. You know, cut the costs that need to be cut. If, if it's internet, if it's lease cars, I was in lease cars for years. You know, I had a good job. And the job had, you know, lease car availability. But I'm now driving an, an 03 or 04 uh, Infiniti, solid ride, 200,000 miles, nothing wrong with the vehicle. I have no car, note, and, mm-hmm. and, and people will say, and a lot of people will say, well, with the job you have and, you know, what you're doing? You need a 2020, you know, brand new. I don't. I don't need it to go to the grocery store. I don't need it to go, you know, here and there. I don't. It's just a status thing. So, you know, I had to stop living above my means. And then there are so many ways, especially these days to make extra income. I've been doing photography for about 10 years. And it's one of those things I picked up where my son was playing little league football, little flag football, Tito football, or whatever you call it. And throughout the season, I was just taking photos of the team and him in practice. And so at the end of the year, the parents were like, hey, how do we order the photo? I'm like, order what photos?" Well, you know, I, you had a camera all year, and uh, we want to buy some photos. I was like, well, I'm just kind of doing it, you know, for the team, you know, just for what we were doing. And so, but it put something in my mind. Like people are, you know, willing to pay for this service. And I thought about my entire friends list, maybe one or two uh, photographers in. And so I started my photography business, been doing very well. I, I probably average about 10 or 15 weddings a, a, a year. Almost every other weekend, I'm having some type of, you know, senior session or individual sessions. So it, it, is, it is a source of income that I didn't go to school for It just took me some time to hone in on my craft. So, a lot of y'all have craft and have availability to do certain things. It's tent windows, it's mow yards. Uh, And you cannot, it it would be great to not go into a a muddle or a a situation where a million people are doing it. But no matter what you go into, know that you're selling yourself, know that you're selling your service, you're selling your attitude. Uh, because people can buy, people can get photos from anyone. People can mm-hmm. get anyone to cut their yard. People can get anyone to, cu- to, to wash their car. The skill level is low of what needs to happen. So people are actually buying you. They're buying your time and they're buying the interaction they're going to have with, with your service. I
0: know that's real. I know that's real. <laughs> I had a friend of mine the other day. We were talking and she had suggested that I start a program, you know, that, part of what we talk about. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that because such and such does this, you know, and so that's her thing, kind of thing. Yeah. And she was like, oh, okay, so when you go to school, how many math teachers are there? So naturally, I'm thinking <laughs> she's being smart with me. But then she was making the point that I got, of right. course, and that was there has to be more than one who's doing it anyway because right. this one may not work for you. Every So there can be several brands. I mean, look at all the cell phones. Right. <laughs> look at all the computer brands. Right. Look at all of the the burger restaurants and, and the fried chicken places. Right. If there was only one person who could do it, then what would any of us do? But if somebody's, you know, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and say that double quick across the street from Valley, it's something they do with that chicken <laughs> that <laughs> ain't like, trouble. you know, <laughs> and hey, you know, I told you, I've been down there, <laughs> but it's something that they do to their chicken that they just don't do at KFC. Hey, right? I'm
1: saying, <laughs> you know? I promise you you're going to And it. it's cheaper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you know, it's it's so there's there's somebody for everybody, and that's how I continue to motivate others who want to start businesses, even if it's doing similar things. Mm-hmm. Who you are for is who you're for, and there, how many billion people in the world you go find your people. Yeah, I see. you. Know, how many people who are actually celebrities that we would never even know about because they're not celebrities in our country, they're celebrities across seas mm-hmm. and still have millions of followers and fans and stuff. So that is really interesting to me, though. But thank you for. You know, sharing it with us, even that bounce back and to still be able to talk about it, to be honest, to to help somebody else be okay with what they're going through, because we have a tendency that if it don't look good, you know, it's not okay, then life's not okay. Yeah, we can't talk about it. We can't show up and smile. But I love to know that at the end of the day, you know, we still have it in us to say, I figured it out and I'm good and I'm going to keep going. And now here's what I want you to
1: take from it. So,
0: yeah. So I'm um, at this point though. What's ahead for you? What's next? What do you want us to know about that you've got going on? So
1: from the from the journal line, journal line will continue to expand. So right now there are four there are four versions published right now. There's Hello Black Man, the first edition. There's Hello Black Teen. It is you know unique to teenagers. I have a 16 year old daughter, 13 year old son, and it's unique. Whereas I want to intrigue their mindset into becoming young adults, you know, what is their mind frame? What, what are they thinking about? What What's important to them and to just kind of get some structure. So I would love to see my, my, my daughter is 16. So she completes her journal this year. Imagine her looking at that journal at 40 years old, being able to look back or sharing this journal with her daughter, you know, when she's my age. And so that's one of the, you know, the, the benefits of it. And then we have the Hello Black Child, which is a lot more imaginative, a lot more creative for a young black child to answer and be able to just think and create. And then of course we have the hello black woman. So out of all those journals, they'll continue to expand, continue to have, you know, different versions year by year. And then a hello black couple would be published uh, next month to where it is a, it is one journal that two people actually complete mm. and fill out. Mm. We'll be doing some webinars. We'll be doing some conferences. The entire COVID-19 coronavirus, when I tell you it, I don't want to say derail, because I think we are exactly where we should be, Mm -hmm. you know, based on God's time. But but we had a lot of travel and a lot of shows and uh, we were putting together a huge, a huge men's conference. We wanted to go across the entire South East. We started with a huge idea. So we're going to have one in New Orleans, one in Orlando, uh, one in Jackson, and we're going to push, you know, black men businesses and mm. their interaction with police, their interaction with, you know, psychiatrists uh, from a mental standpoint, physically, you know, what's ailing the black men physically that we continue to consume or put into our bodies or how can we improve? Because you know certain things interact differently with African Americans and with anyone else. And from financial standpoint, uh, what is the, the huge stigma with insurance? It is something that I think that is very psychological from our standpoint. But it's because I think we have a, I guess, a different outlook on life and on what hard work does and what it and what it entails and what we should be leaving for the next generation. Whereas it's almost a given that my white counterpart, who's 40 years old, will be leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars to their children. It's almost a given. It's almost the, the, the percentage rates are, you know, very different. So now my son, you know, is, you know, is grading school and wanted to start a business, finishing up and starting a family. And at my time, in my counterpart's time, you know, my son will get, may not get much of anything, enough to to bury me and enough to maybe handle some things, maybe sell the house. Whereas my white counterpart, his son gets $500,000, completely, you know, eliminates his debt, start his business, entrepreneur, hire some people, hire some family members. Those are some huge things, I think, uh, allow us to stay in a state of, Of almost kind of you know running in a a hamster wheel, I think my son deserves it. I think my son's son deserves it to start off with two hundred thousand dollars for college paid for when he's born, versus uh, putting some money in a car and hoping it buys a book or two.
0: Mm. We have
1: to change our complete mindset. So this is not uh, the journal. The journals are a portion of it's a key element of it. But, you know, teaching financial, mental and physical literacy is what the entire movement entails. And that's why it is pushed at the black male because I think that that is where it needs to have a a, a Mm mission. I I just have some different, some different ideas. I'm going to I'm going to say this one more idea. And it's kind of off subject. But when a man and a woman separate, who do the kids go with?
0: Typically the woman.
1: Typically the woman. So 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 now let's let's say this. Let's say there's a woman. She's thirty years old. The man is thirty years old, and they speak. both of them are financially able, stable, and mentally there. It's you know they've had differences. It's time to time to part ways. So now the, the the woman now has the kids, two kids, beautiful kids, no problem, no no issues, you know, but. So now the mother's journey is much more obligated on a daily basis because she has to, you know, feed and clothe. You know, we're not talking about, OK, so the dad paying child support thats great. No problem. But day to day, her activities are a lot different on what she has to do. She may not have the same freedom to go back to school, the same freedom to start a business. She, you know, her life will now revolve around those kids for the most part. And so the male now has as much freedom as he did before. Financially, maybe not so. Mm. But, but he can start another business, start another family, start another whatever. And it is not frowned upon at all in our community. It is the norm. It, 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 we we accept that the mother should have the responsibility of these children. Mm. We accept Mm-mm-mm. It is so normal. Now, let me tell you this. If the children are not with the mother, our community frowns on her immediately. She's mm-hmm. not a good mother. She don't want to take care of her kids. Like, they are, they are, kids belong to two parents. <laughs> you know, two parents uh, made the kids. But if the kids are with the mother, the mother is frowned upon it, it It's mm-hmm. a problem with our community. It is it, an issue that they see. Versus, I feel like, that. I think that if the male is mentally stable financially stable he needs the kids i think he should mm. have ownership of kids and i think that will start a true envisionment of what accountability looks like
0: mm. oh you know you shaking things up <laughs> you, shaking, you shaking it up <laughs> oh you gonna have some brothers looking at you like he lost his mind <laughs> but this is what i will say how you are looking to not only empower the man, but to empower the woman, oh, to empower the children, to empower the entire dynamic of what the culture looks like, because you are right that it should be okay that a woman wants to pursue her dreams or do whatever else um, she's going to do, and a man to say, well, you know, if that's what you want to do, this is what I'm going to do. Does this work for us? Let's do that, mm-hmm. rather than like you said, who does she think she is, or like. Again, that freedom, right, and to be left off the hook, but let her—oh, she ain't hit no nothing, right. and you know, she, <laughs> and, and and I and I hate that, but again, we—it <laughs> just—it just how it is. But uh, thank you for sharing that perspective because that is something for people to consider mm-hmm. across the board. Justin, let's work together to better each other, but we also have to break ourselves out of gender norms. Yeah. and it's cultural norms and things and traditions and some people don't like to move away from oh, traditions no. oh, and then even funnier that I'm just going to go there with you you being a man from the deep south, deep south. Deep <laughs> like somebody really thought you'd have lost your, um, lost <laughs> your, your cool lost oh, your, oh, hit your oh, noggin oh, that yes. thing. I, I've seen
1: the eyebrows I was like what? Mm-hmm.
0: but it's forward thinking it's forward thinking and I think that it's you know something that absolutely matters because we have to help each other be better people but that's how again we shape what our future looks like mm-hmm. yeah but look i i'm loving all this conversation i'm you know I, i'm always toying around with making the show longer but to be honest with you that you who are listening i be wanting you to stay so i want <laughs> you to get to get the goodness and so i just at this point that we are having to wrap up but i know that everybody would want to hear from you because i'm definitely interested in hearing from you on this my favorite my favorite question to ask um if there's anything that you can leave us with to you know, just carry the rest of our lives a thought or a quote or anything, something that you just want to drop on us. What would that be? Wow! <laughs> I know. Wow! wow. Yeah, it's, it ain't too tough. You got okay. It. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what. Out of my forty-one years, this I have this this quote for you. I think that the best things in life aren't things at all.
0: Hmm.
1: I think the best things in life aren't things at all. I think there are memories. I think there are actions. I think there are not cars or houses or clothes. I think the best things in life are if it's, it could be time spent. It could be emotions evoked. It could be, you know, being at the right place at the right time to help someone. Those are the things that people will actually remember you by and and what you stood for. Where, Where were you when this happened? No one is gonna remember that you had 10 pair of Jordans. No one's, no one's going to remember that if you had a starter code in eighth grade. But if you did the right thing from a bullying standpoint, people, that person remembers that right now, 20, 30, 50, 80 years. Like, oh, Jamie stepped up and stopped this from happening. The, the physical things, as I get older, they just don't matter as much.
0: I'm with that that's good I believe in that that's good that's good well y'all I'm so glad y'all came today to to hang out with me and Jamie and Jamie thank you for your time for your wisdom for you know your work for your life we definitely appreciate it and for those of you who have tuned in make sure that you go to the description the show's description to click the link to check out the full session notes so that you can get access to connect with Jamie and to also be able to get the information to get the book Uh, Jamie Wishing you the best of luck and all that lies ahead for you. Thank you again for being here and take good care of yourself.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, you are so welcome.